I mean, it's two things, ads and visitor identification. But I don't think you need like a whole like, you know, seven, six figure, seven figure management consulting project to do that, to figure that out. Like give your sales team the information, call the people who are coming to your website, <laughs> call them and let it go and then run ads at those people and maybe coordinate a little bit. Right. But I don't think you need like, you know, some of these programs are so uh, you forget what's going really, really what's going on. You know, welcome to decision point, a podcast about overcoming adversity in sales and the growth that we experience in the process. I'm Brad Siemens. Joining Brad on today's episode of decision point is Jesse Ouellette. Jesse is founder of both Lead Magic and Revenue Advisory. Today's episode will be part one of a two-part interview with Jesse. Part one is Jesse telling us exactly how he found his way into founding Lead Magic and Revenue Advisory and some tips and tricks he's learned along the way. Take me back. Tell me how, um, how, how do you get where you're at? Yeah, great. Yeah, thanks for kind of joining today, Brad, and thanks for inviting me to the program. So what, what happened to me was I was, you know, I had 15 years of kind of enterprise, traditional enterprise software, and I was uh, coming to this point of I'm seeing a lot of trends that are happening. I see more of my job was marketing, right, owned by the marketing team. I saw more of the product was a kind of a consumption impact PLG model pricing. And the, the, third, the third trend I saw was more of the job was just getting done by the marketing team. And they had more of that, like that was kind of what was going on. So I was like, man, what am I going to do here? Am I going to continue down and try to close these big deals when the event, the actual sale is not even really tied? The, the event is the event of closing the deal is only important to the salesperson. It's not important to the company now because they don't care. They're, they're trying to get anybody in the door because of cost acquisition, you, you take PLG or lower cost. So I said, how, how do I solve this problem? And, you know, what happened was I was kind of like working out of place and, uh, you know, I was uh, working with some, some, you know, I had a little bit of a dream that, hey, I didn't really agree with the, C- uh, the CEO and, you know, I thought marketing and sales should be one. And I ended up switching careers, uh, you know, we kind of had a good, good discussion there. But basically I said, hey, I wonder how hard it would be to leave enterprise software and build my own software company where I, you know, SaaS, a SaaS product where I could actually build it and I could sell to sell it to sales and marketing people uh, because I knew what the kind of one or two problems were that I, I saw. And what I basically did is I built my own SaaS product uh, while I was doing some management consulting. So uh, I wanted to make sure I knew the problem set that was still impacting sales reps. I think it's still the same thing, but you know, I guess what happened was um, I ended up basically leaving enterprise software for SaaS uh, to build my own company. And now I'm essentially a SaaS founder, you know, so that's I know it sounds a little trivial. I learned how to code from YouTube and GitHub. OK, uh, so you taught. So the product you're on today, you taught yourself to you developed yourself and taught yourself to code. Yeah, I was always fairly technical. Um, and what's happened is there's so much code out there. There's so many boilerplates. There's so many sandboxes, and, and and I've vetted the code. I mean, I've 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 tested it. I have you know family. Uh, my brother works at Google, and I mean I've tested all of this technology, and I know that I've got a, a product that it, it holds up to all of all of the products, and you know, and and I coded it. So yeah, so I wrote the code, and I but, but I wanted to do that to learn it, and then now I mean obviously I can 
I knew exactly what parts I can contract out now if I need to do stuff. But yeah, I own the entire code base and I basically sell the product now. Uh, it's a it's a uh, it's a product for basically sales and marketing people to figure out who's coming to their website so they can call them. And you know, is that stuff. being done with is that being done with cookies or how's the. Yeah. So it's it's using first party cookies and it's using IP addresses. Uh, so I take the data GDPR, I anonymize it. Uh, what I do is I don't take any European data. I don't take California data. I just basically take uh, that. I try to reverse engineer who it is at the account at the account level, not the person level. And I throw out all the PII stuff and then I just kind of give that over the sales team. What I found is some of the solutions that were out there now are all doing a lot of sampling. And when I was a sales rep, I was actually using server log files to find my leads. Like I wasn't relying on, I didn't trust the MQL. Server, server logs? Yeah. So I would use the, um, the web server logs. I would always go into, whenever I went into a company, I would always make friends with the, um, the person who's on the market. I knew who to go to. It wasn't any, it was a contributor. It was like somebody who was on the web site, whoever ran the website. I would get them to get me access to the, the, the kind of uh, the server log. So basically like the log files for the, for the server, you know, okay. for the server that the people that are coming inbound to your website, yep. because I knew we were only seeing, I, I saw we had a thousand people on the website a month or 10,000. And we got one person who came in and said, I want to talk to you or 15 ebook downloads or whatever it was. So I said, well, how do I get more of these? And the way I did it was I was just using the server logs and that's how I was picking my accounts and getting all my leads. It was great. I mean, I had tons of leads all the time. That's, that's, that's awesome. So you sort of parlay that strategy into, so are you taking the server log information then you're going back to some IP directory and matching it by hand? Is that how you were doing it as a sales rep? Okay. So that's what I was, I was doing the server log. I mean, you, the way you can also access the server logs is you can have JavaScript running on the browser and you kind of have the same effect. So you can basically have the same effect because you can, you know, I don't know if people understand how JavaScript works, but every website has a bunch of these JavaScript um, uh, snippets installed and that's where they get the data collection. So like obviously average website might have 20 or 30 of these kind of applications, if you will, you know, all your ads and all your programmatic ads are, are going to be running on your, on your, your website. And, you know, there's just this little small piece of JavaScript that's in the, the, the webs that that's how it works. Like a lead, like lead for, you know, lead forensics or any, anytime they're trying to track something on your site, your Google. Yep. Yeah. So we compete with like lead feeder, six cents, uh, demand. Ba I don't really look at myself as competing against some of those ABM products. I don't really, quite frankly, I don't know what ABM is. Like I really, I still haven't heard a definition of like what it, I mean, I did, you know, I worked for one of the top management consulting companies in the world on this uh, SAS and I, I won't name the name just cause I did some private projects, but I, 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 we were doing ABM consulting, but we were, it was a lot of, it was expensive number one. And it was, I just don't know what you get out of it. And I don't really understand what it is. So now do you, when you talk about that, or you talk about that, like, I don't know what it is like from the web, like from the software piece, or like, I don't know what it is from a strategy. Strat more of a strategy. Like it's just a lot. It feels like it's like you're out with your family on the deck and you're like moving a bunch of patio chairs around all day. And you're just like doing a lot of work, but you're not actually getting anything done. That's what oh, it okay. Like, yeah. Um, so like anytime I see an ABM program at a company, I like, Oh, how's that going? You know, like it's, it's probably costing you a lot of money and you're probably not getting much out of it. Now, now, do you, so unpack that. Cause I'm curious your thought yeah. on that. Is that because you feel like, Hey, there's all, there's all kinds of these kind of 
maybe they're random, maybe they're focused, but there's a bunch of activity going into an account, but there's not a lot of movement. Yeah. So for me, what I saw ABM was, was two things. The only two things I could derive out of it was they tell you who's coming to your website if you're a salesperson. And then they let the marketing team run programmatic ads against those people. The ones coming more should get more ads or vice, you know, whatever audience matching of of the ads. Those are the only two things. Now, what I see happening is these big invasive like strategies coming into these companies when really what the hardest problem I always saw was the salespeople never got the day. I mean, I always did because I just went in and made friends with the people that I knew. It wasn't a senior level person on the team either. This was like a little bit of a, by the way, pro tip here. If you're working at a SaaS company and you don't know who's coming to your website, you know, you call call me obviously, but like you go to your marketing team and try to figure out how they know that they, they probably will try to like, not tell you, like, I don't, who knows what your company is, but that's where kind of this friction started for me. Um, and you know, ABM world is just a, it's just a lot of like moving parts and I don't totally get it. Um, I mean, it's two things, ads and visitor identification, but I don't think you need like a whole, like, you know, seven, six figure, seven figure management consulting project to do that, to figure that out. Like give your sales team the information, call the people who are coming to your website. There you go. And let it go and then run ads at those people and maybe coordinate a little bit. Right. But I don't think you need like, you know, some of these programs are so uh, you forget what's going really, really what's going on, you know? (laughs) Yeah. No. Well, I mean, look, it's in it's in the it's in the vendor's best interest for the buyer to be confused or maybe not not confused, like confused buyers don't buy, but confused, like not know how the sausage is made. Yeah, what's scary about it is, is I'll tell you, like the ABM, the 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 ones that I kind of put at risk are the ones that are like above the fold of ABM, where they're in that big ABM and they're trying to become the data platform. The reason that's not going to work is because they're not a data warehouse. So the data warehousing companies are like your snowflakes and your your cloud computing, your redshifts, and all that. That's where the data is going to be. You're not going to be in that business. So, so who, the- like, who specifically are you talking about? Which vendors are trying to be in that? <laughs> that crossover space. I think you're going to see this and, and look, this is my opinion. I've, sh- I've been public about this on LinkedIn. So this is all, right. So, so I think where you got, you have a big problem is companies like a demand base and an Engageo. They had, you know, they merged together. I mean, who knows why they merged, but I, you don't usually merge as a SaaS company, like running like that. Usually one of them struggling. Right. I don't know. I mean, I have no information on this other than I just know that that space is like uh, completely, you know, there's people that have basically made their entire job just this this role. And it's not really a role. Like, it's more of a data role. If you really want to go fix the problem, go figure out how to get, like, segment or data warehousing in your website. But uh, what I see happening is a lot of those companies are trying to become the data platform, but they're not. They can't be. They just don't have the compute and storage in the platform. Right? So they'll they'll have to use other data. They'll have to use, like, segment underneath the covers or something like that, like another product. Yeah, it's interesting. So, do you think of like a terminus in that same that same vein? Ads and well, ads so terminus. And... I mean, where they're where they're you know where they're good is they're running ads. They're targeting the ads, right? So uh, that that can add some value, especially if they kind of add some extra data sets to that, right? So that I'm not I'm more more about like the visitor tracking or the the like 
big ABM where they're doing, they're trying to align, the ones who are always talking about aligning the sales team and the marketing team, I, I don't think you can align them anymore. I think they have to just be one. I don't think it can be two. I mean, I, I so I'm definitely in agreement with you. Like, I, well, I think where the separation happens is when you get to a certain size and then you hire some, you hire somebody who's not on the same page, whether you have a marketing person, you hire a salesperson, you have a salesperson, a marketing person, and they have different beliefs because they came from different schools. And once you hire two people from two different schools, have two different thoughts and are aligned and incentivized on two separate things, then you got division, right? That does it for part one of this two-part interview with Jesse Ouellette. Be sure to stay tuned for the next episode of Decision Point where Brad and Jesse break down the gulf in sales and marketing or if they're the exact same thing. If you want more information on the podcast, go to monsterconnect.com forward slash podcast. Uh, you can get last season's, uh, last year's episodes. You can get all the new episodes for this year. And as always, remember, don't let what you can't do interfere with what you can. Until next time. Yeah.